everybody. Welcome to yet another edition of the Sunday Puncher Podcast. Man, it felt really good this week. I posted about the podcast that we did with Alan, and uh, the dude's like, is he the, PB- or is he the PBC show? Or something like that. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, um, got our boy Fred here. Fred, say hello. Hello. Fred is back. Uh, I'm the PBC show. <laughs> the guy was asking, so I said, well, we'll go get him. <laughs> Lex has spent the last 30 minutes or so trying to convince us that a league is what we need in boxing. So just letting you guys know how we warmed this one up. Anyway, last night, Brandon Figueroa, fresh off of a defeat to Stephen Fulton, came back. Actually, no, he's fought once uh, since then. Um but Brandon Figueroa back in the ring against Mark Magsayo at Featherweight. It was uh, here in LA, so I was at the fight last night. But man, it was... Um, let, me, let me just... Fred, you can lead us off here. All right. Thomas Taylor, the referee. Give him a grade. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. You put me on the spot. Hey, man, just... I just want to remind you of all the times that... Uh, Max Isle held, he put his head down, uh, took several knees. <laughs> Our boy Thomas Taylor had two-point deductions. I think they were for holding. Um, what what I, grade? I think every referee does an excellent job. I think they're the unsung heroes of boxing. What about Jack Reese? Uh, Jack is Jack's a great guy. I especially love his Twitter. <laughs> so. I was about to make a joke about his Twitter. Jack isn't a referee. He's a real estate agent. <laughs> <laughs> and a patriot. <laughs> and a patriot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, oh, I, I mean, this is totally like we are off the rails very early. Thomas Taylor at the fight, you know, he had a reserved seat for a guest. Just want to say... Regardless of what you can say about this man's ability as a referee, this guy is a real stick man. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you want to grade his refereeing? Cool. His game has to be an A+. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you got the insight. I don't know why you're throwing at me. No, no. I mean, no. I was I was just... No. We, I was asking you about between the ropes. No. Have uh, you ever well, seen he... a guy take knees and not be charged with taking a knee? Uh, rarely, but it has happened, you know, but usually I think the last time I saw it was a UK card, maybe. <laughs> well, they got weird rules over there. Like you could throw the towel in, but the ref will just throw that shit back out. <laughs> well, <laughs> so he I should. I want a body tonight. Most commissions will not accept the towels being thrown in. It, that, is, that, that is very dumb of the commissions. Cause I think like, um, you know, it's, it's a good visual Boxing. I don't think they want us a random in the crowd throwing a towel in <laughs> that, on the fight, you know. I mean, it depends on who it is. Like, if it's Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., it's likely to be a beer bottle, but, <laughs> you know. So, anyway, Brandon Figueroa. So, I saw a tweet from a, a boxer who is clearly suffering brain rot. Had Magsayo up like 6 nothing in the fight. I was there live, and I thought it was a pretty close fight. I thought Maxio was clearly throwing the hard and landing the harder punches, but like Figueroa appeared to be controlling the fight. 
appeared to be uh, outworking him. Actually, I mean, appearing, I think that that is objectively true. But uh, how did it look on TV? Was How close to being in the fight was Max Isle? I thought, uh, I'll go first. I thought for the first couple rounds, it was like a, you know, like a, it was like a pick em type of fight. Like, you know, first three rounds, maybe Magasile, maybe Figueroa. It was like a close fight. It was good action. But as the fight persisted, you know, Figueroa just showed his toughness, showed his chin, and showed his engine. And, and man, like, Max just, <laughs> it do look tired on TV. <laughs> did, did it look that way in person or? Yeah, yeah. I, I think in the, like the fourth or fifth round, he, that dude was sucking air. Yeah, it's it's weird because like, you know, I've, I've criticized the Showtime broadcast in the past, and I was like a little shocked they didn't mention his weight cut. Like he didn't make weight on his first try, and if you see pictures of him when like he's not in the last few weeks of uh, camp, he's huge. Like there's a picture of him next to Sean Porter, and they look the same size. And so Sean's um, like you know. Yeah, but Tiny. he's still a welter. He's like a he's a legit welterweight versus a guy that's fighting at 126 or whatever. So, um, I get that Magasau got tired. Whether it was just Brandon's engine or the cut, whatever it was, like it showed in the later rounds. So, uh, Fred, what do you think? Well, it, uh, how am I going to phrase this? You know, it, it's I, I wouldn't call any of these things like controversial i know well gibbons is mad but that's Gibbons. he's got to do that but it's going to be tough if you get a guy if you get a judges who like what figaro does and the dude's got the motor you know he's got that figaro of blood he's going to keep coming and so if you're picking up on <laughs> you <know>. okay <laughs> <laughs> settle down <laughs> well you know omar you but uh yeah brandon i don't know i thought brandon was doing great work and that's it it's like it's not always scored on who lands selective big shots either. So not that. I don't think it's, you know, I, nothing to get upset about. You know? Wow. Uh, Sean Gibbons. Uh, so from from what you guys could tell, because I couldn't see this, what was Sean Gibbons mad about? Uh, the scoring, I think, you know. It's Sean Gibbons. You know, he's, he's sticking up for his guy. Right. I, I get it. But like. There was two point deductions, okay? So at the at that point, you now have to win like eight rounds to win the fight. Maxio, I don't think under any sort of like even biased fan judgment, probably only won six rounds of that fight if you're being like totally biased towards him. Uh, because by the 10th round, like Maxio was just out of the fight. He He was not there. You know, he had these moments where he, like, kind of saved up a little energy, was able to throw some, like, haymakers and stuff. But, like, that dude was wasted. Yo, real quick, how did those, like, seven-punch combos that he would save up for, how'd they look in person? Because on TV, it looked kind of dope. Yeah, it, it was cool. He looked fast. He looked fast. That's so. That was so, like, like, eh, whatever. I mean, they're shoeshine shots, weren't they? I don't know on TV they look like they didn't look like shoe shine shots on TV to me at least like they look like like legit combos that could hurt certain guys but you know he looked tough and durable in there. Well, I mean, we always have to go back to the perhaps 
one of the greatest tweets in boxing Twitter history, which is Deuce saying that Figueroa does not have a brain to concuss and therefore <laughs> can, can, can take, I forgot about that one. you know, d- crazy amounts of punishment. Uh, what was actually shocking to me is that the first really big punch of the fight was Figueroa landing like this big sweeping shot onto Max Io. And, uh, you know, I, I was like, oh, okay, Brandon looks a little different. We haven't seen him really come out and load up on shots before. So, yeah, I mean, was this like a fight of the year caliber type fight? I mean, the drama in the last few rounds was pretty crazy with Max Io just hanging by a thread and somehow, you know, maybe <laughs> due to Thomas Taylor, maybe not, uh, you know, not really like keeping him from just like taking knees with, with no repercussions. Right, what'd you think? Yeah, I don't know. I was reading uh, Gibbons thing about because the scorecards are ten two and nine three, which are pretty wide. Uh yeah, it just figured oh I I don't know if I could give an honest opinion on him because I like the kid so much, you know. I think Figueroa he's good. or yeah, Figueroa. Yeah. Which one? Uh Brandon. You know, been a okay. fan of both, you know. Omar I like too. Okay. I'm a big fan of the family. But um Yeah. No, but I like Max Io. I, I think Max Io is, you know, he's limited, but I think given the right matchup, actually, you know, I might take that back because I thought this was the perfect matchup for Max Io to either A, like get himself into a war, or B, knock someone out badly, or C, be stopped because he just got completely broken down. I don't think any of those three really happened. I think three was the closest to happening, but um, I, I've always kind of liked Max Io, you know. But yeah, I I don't know. He says that he's gonna go to 130 now, and I think that that's probably the right move given he struggled to make weight. But I do think that like he is showing that he is very limited to anybody that can box. And like, what's pretty interesting is that like he was on the back foot, and um, Figueroa was still outboxing him. You don't usually see the guy pushing forward in the way that Figueroa does and be the one that's like winning the boxing match. Uh, Figueroa, I guess, is going to stay at 126. He's probably going to fight Ray Vargas next, which will most likely be a horrible fight because Ray Vargas is not fun to watch. But, I mean, Leo Santa Cruz is ringside, and I think like you, you want to have a fight break the CompuBox record. That's the one to do even though I was told that Leo looked quite retired when they put the camera on him. Yeah, I was about to say, even though Leo looked like a fucking middleweight when they put the camera on him, <laughs> the guy looked huge. Really? Yo, his like, I've never seen his face look, like, so round. Like, you know, normally he has, like, this super-duper, like, slim, like, oval-shaped face. He yeah. His face looked just round, which is very unusual for our good buddy Leo. Leo's in that late stage Mikey. Yeah, he's taking <laughs> yes. on the Mikey training plan. They, they're definitely going to the same uh, restaurants for sure, same barbecue spots. Um, yeah, yeah. this reminded me that ref. You know, there's one time when Meg Sayo he got knocked into the ropes too. That mm-hmm. could have been counted as a knockdown. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that ref was kind of shitty. You know, he's. I, I, I actually think, think it, he's usually a good referee. Yeah, some guys just have an off night, eh? I think if Magasayo plays his cards right, 
he could be like one of the guys that PPC brings back constantly, like win or lose. Because he's always in pretty exciting fights. And he's like, he's explosive enough that he could probably ice some like not top level guys, but get iced by a top level guy, which is good for TV. So I think every, you know, boxing entity has like that guy, right? Like they ha- there's like top rank has like Comey and Pedraza that consistently put up like okay fights. PBC has got guys in the past like that. I mean, Magasaw might be their new like staple. Well, usually, yeah, they they don't get rid of fighters until fighters want to move on or it's, it's time for fighters to move on. Even then, they'll bring them back for a couple of fights. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like our, it's like essentially... our buddy Jared Hurd. <laughs> uh, let's let's get on to Jared Hurd. Oh wow, I forgot to put the timer on. Um, I just want to say, last week, someone here—I'm not going to say who it was, but it was Lex—said <laughs> that uh, Jared Hurd would be making his return, and not necessarily his return. Like we'll see him in the ring, but like a return to form. Where, where I, I don't know what you meant, Lex, when you said Jared Hurd would return to form, because I what I think you meant was that Jared Hurd was going to lose the first six rounds of a fight before the other guy gasses out from punching him so much, and then Hurd takes over because he's big. I think that's what you meant. Uh, and I want to say that that almost happened. The only part that didn't happen was uh, Resendez did not tire, and Jared Hurd was not able to take over the fight. And in fact... Jarrett Hurd had some uh, facial reconstruction going on with his mouth. So do you <laughs> want to defend a, your team? Because you also said that he was going to come beat Jamel Charlo. Yeah. I definitely have never said that. Um, all, I, I, I'm pretty sure I read that in the discard. <laughs> <laughs> there is not a point in my life. You know who you may be confusing me with is uh, who's our resident Canelo fan? What's my boy's name? Uh, he was picking Hurd over Jermel. That would never be me. I never picked him. But I was. I did have high hopes for you know Jared's return. I thought he'd come back and beat Resendez because I've seen him fight in the past and I wasn't that impressed. But he looked great last night. And Hurd, you know, I could notice from the earlier rounds that I just didn't see the same like dog in Hurd. Like he did a good job of showing what he does, right? Like he fought how he typically fights. But I, I just didn't see, that, see the same willingness. And I, I think with someone that has her style, if you lose that, it's, it's just it's not looking good. I don't know. He did, I think his best shot was an elbow he threw there <laughs> during the fight. <laughs> he, looked, he looked like he was just a, a, a one punch behind, you know? He looked like he was always behind. Wait, hold on. You accuse him of throwing an, uh, an elbow, but when it comes to fouls on the night, Resendez did the patented Victor Ortiz headbutt. He literally did the, the Victor Ortiz headbutt he, on her. He did no, the jumping headbutt. I, I, I didn't say Resendez didn't foul. I was just saying Hurd's best shot was an elbow <laughs> that he threw. No, no, no. Hurd landed. Look, the, the, the heartbreaking thing about this fight is that Jared Hurd did look offensively at times like a monster. He just also looked like he was Frankenstein and had no defense. Yeah. Yeah, that's a there's two there's two parts of the, the sport. <laughs> Offense and defense. And to be fair, Jared Hurd uh never learned the well, went to K Karoma to try to learn some of the de- defensive part of it. 
Andrew Conzo rightly got him and said, look, look, let's be real here. That defense shit, that walking backwards on the tra- treadmill stuff, that's really not you. And, uh, I mean, walking forward probably isn't heard either at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I think it's, you know, I think it's the end. Who, who gassed harder, Jared Herder or Mark Magsile? Magsile. Yeah, because Magsile was bent over grasping, you know? Yeah, that, that is true. But Jared Hurd gassed pretty hard. And, like, you know what's what's crazy? I I think, well, let me ask you guys this. Do you guys think Resendez is any good? Um, I, I think he's good, but not championship level good. I think, like, he's on the tier of, like, What's the guy that just got knocked out by Adam? Is um, uh, the Mexican Juan dude. Montiel? Yeah, like Montiel. Uh, them two would probably be a good fight. Um, throw Caron, Kyron Davis in that mix. Um, just like like a, a notch or two below, like championship level guy, I'd say. Uh, okay. I mean, that's fair. And the reason why I asked that is because, like, I was that a game plan victory? And what I mean by that is they completely understood the task, which was that one, Jared heard footwork, cement and feet. He's been out of the ring for two years. There's a really good possibility that he's going to be rusty. He's not going to have the stamina to go deep into a fight and, and and still, you know, be able to engage in a war. So the game plan should be, let's just outwork him and force him to work and he will gas in the fight. And they fought, because he fought perfectly how you should fight a, a guy who's uh, been out of the ring for two years and also coming off of some bad losses. You know, I think, Lex, you might've said this in the past that like, the, the J-Rock fight took a lot, like m- maybe took everything from both guys. Uh, it was like one of those career-changing fights for those guys. Uh, but like, did Resendez just like out-game plan him? Or is like, Resendez actually a dude that has gotten better? And like, uh, you know, he's, he's only 24. Like, did he just, you know, improve to the point that no version of Jared Herb was going to deny what he was doing? I don't know. I mean, he's with Bob Santos now, right? Uh, was he? He was either with Bob no, Santos I don't think he was. or it, no. It, no. Then it was Andy Ruiz's old trainer. Then no, uh, um, no. That's the the, the 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 Euro, no no no. Listen, the the Uruguay kid, the Uruguay guy kid was with Bob Santos, mm-hmm. and Resendez was with Andy Ruiz's old trainer. So I don't know. I mean, maybe we should give tra- credit to uh the trainer. Jesus, what, what's his name? Help me out, please. Manny Robles? Yeah, maybe maybe Manny Robles, like, you know, found something and, you know, has him on the right path now. I don't recall seeing Manny Robles in the corner. I could be wrong, but I, I, I don't know. But I don't know. Do, so you guys think, because, like, it does seem like maybe this was, like, kind of like, okay, he executed the perfect game plan and he was the perfect guy to execute the game plan uh, against Hurd. I can't say for sure. But um, yeah, what do you guys think? Heard versus Jason Rosario next? Battle of the Washed. Yeah, 
because yeah no i was you know i was never that big on jared Hurd. i don't think i ever could recall being a big fan of his so yeah i think he got exposed and i think yeah it pretty much it is they know how to beat him especially after a layoff yeah it's like I'm, not heard, I mean, like, I, I'm just looking at some of these pictures. There's a good one where her did land a shot on uh, Resendez and his face is like halfway moving. <laughs> no way a face shouldn't move. But yeah, it's just, I, th- I think it probably was, you know, you know, they're like, hey, guy's been out of the ring. We already know that he can't really move too well. So, <sighs> yeah, I, I think. This was 100% like um, just the, the the perfect game plan, and Resendez like executed it. I mean, it was really funny to see Resendez um, just kind of like take these side steps, and Jared Hurd like literally had a, like a 1.5 second reaction time to Resendez just <laughs> stepping to the side during a combination, and like Hurd had to like physically lug his body over to wherever Resendez was. Meanwhile, he'd be hit with like two or three punches. Like, yeah, and that's what I was it, saying earlier. It just seemed like at times it just seemed like he was just way behind, you know? Like he wasn't picking up on the action. You know, it's funny. is like at the the start of the fight when you saw them like kind of walk, you know, in the ring together and you saw them, you know, before the fight started and I was like, in, in my head I'm thinking like, ah, oh, this guy was no wonder. I, I get why they picked him. He's like, looks tiny for middleweight. And uh, I mean, that quickly was dispelled. Actually, there's a picture uh, that Lex sent me uh, from his Instagram. He looks kind of jacked for for a, a middleweight, although he's not very tall. But anyway, uh, the opener. This this is the one that I think was like the most interesting fight on the card. You had the, you, Emil Car Vidal, who, granted, Vidal's probably... You know, we knew he he'd had some struggles uh, in his career thus far, but a young guy that's still getting things you know under control versus this guy Elijah Garcia, a 19 year old who really no one's ever heard of, and um, you think is this like some really shrewd matchmaking to toss Vidal in there with some 19 year old, or is this 19 year old actually good and this is like a really stiff challenge for somebody who you know, is only just 19 years old. And Garcia comes in there and really, like, I don't want to say he dominated Vidal, but, like, he pieced him up. How did that fight look in person? Uh, to me, watching it, I I really have learned my lesson over the years, and I just really am not that impressed by prospects. You know, like, if they do something well, I'm like, okay, that's that's fine. But um, Garcia's and and Trayvon Marshall, who we'll talk about later, um, Garcia looked really good. He looked like a guy who really understood, like he understood a lot more than like a prospect typically does in the ring. And he put together his punches really well. His um, it, it just felt like at some point he was going to get to Vidal and take control. And then we saw it with that right hand that basically changed the fight. He looked good to me. Like, to me, looking at it, I said, okay, that looks like a really strong foundation for a guy that in a few years could be very dangerous in the division. How did it look on TV? 
He he did have a bloody nose. I don't know how that happened. I mean, obviously he got punched, but um, I I didn't see Fred, it like he to... he got walked into something or 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 what. Fred, you want to uh, lead off? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I sort of agree with you say about Garcia looking good. You know, it's anytime a young guy throws jabs to the body, I'm I always become a big fan. You know? Oh yeah, that yeah that stuck out a lot. To me, that's when when you're that. When you're coming up and and you know that's how you get the guys i like that so yeah it's good i think it was a good matchup yeah that's what caught me immediately is like at the start of the fight he he kept throwing that left to the body. i think it was a left to the body he just kept going to the body with that straight uh shot which like not a lot of guys are doing uh with like real conviction you know you, you see it occasionally like someone will toss you know mix it in there but like this that seemed like he was using that as a way to open everything else up um in the fight. Lex, what what do you what did you know, where are you rating Elijah Garcia? Um I'm not the conductor of the hype train, but I'm I'm in line to buy a ticket. I'm in line to buy a ticket. I like it. You know, I didn't do much research prior to the fight because I knew uh Vidal is a Samson guy, and I'm usually like, okay, Samson guys are usually legit. But when I turn on the broadcast, they're like, yo, this, this the kid's 19, he's undefeated, 16 KOs in 19 fights. I'm like, hold up, man. Like, you're not sticking in an undefeated 19-year-old with a Samson fighter unless he can really fight. That's what I felt. So my initial thought was like, this fight's about to be really good, I thought. Um, as it unfolded, first couple rounds, was look, looking really 50-50, real good action. But I noticed the, the, the body jabs. The body stabs were nice. And, uh, yo, PBC got another one, man. I don't know what his situation is. I tried to do a little bit of research. I asked Deuce. He didn't get back to me. Um, asked some people on Twitter. Apparently, he trains or, or, or was out of the same, like, I don't know if it's camp as uh, Mario Barrios, but as an amateur. I don't know if he still works with Barrios' crew. But, um, yeah, I agree with you guys. I like what I saw, and I, I like him for the future of PBC's 160-pound division. So I came into the fight, and I was like, damn, I, this is one of the few times where, like, you're going to toss someone. You, like, you can toss somebody on a YouTube part or a prelim, and, like, you can toss someone in there that I never heard of, and, like, I'm not going to bat an eye. You know, that, that's, that's easily possible. But to toss somebody on Showtime or like an ESPN card or something like that, any of the, you know, you, you no one's making the main card and I've never heard of them before. That just never happens. But this was the one time where I was like, I've never heard of this dude before. 19 years old. I don't know where they plucked him. Oh, he's from Phoenix. Okay, cool. I have no clue who this guy is. Okay. Then um, <laughs> I actually looked at his box rack and realized he fought at the Cosmo at a fight that I was at. And I was like, did I watch this guy? And then I remembered I did watch him. And I remember thinking <laughs> he's all right. I did watch. Yeah. I was like, he's all right. Like he came in and like beat up a guy that I didn't know he was eight and one. I didn't realize that until after. Um, but I just figured watching that fight, I was like, Oh, he's supposed to beat this guy. And he stomped him out in like two rounds with, with ease. And I was like, okay, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Hard, to, hard to make any real read on this dude. But yeah, I, I, I like what I see from Garcia. I think obviously a lot of development needs to happen. But you know, um, 
Yeah, this seems like this is this is his first big step up. He obviously did good, so and for a step up, it it seems like it's a crazy step because like you the way they've done it since like twenty eighteen when Fox got into the sport, um, you know, you, you follow the path of like you don't fight on TV, then you get to a prelim or a YouTube undercard, and then you know, maybe they you actually go to a pay-per-view undercard before you get tossed on a full-on main broadcast. Showtime is has been pretty good at like having some level of quality control over their cards to you know make sure these guys are like main card worthy. And uh, I got I got to say I I I'm mad at it after the fact. Yeah. One guy who I think is um going to wind up in that position is Trayvon Marshall probably in his next fight. He knocked out Justin Deloach on the undercard. Um I remember Deuce telling me about him. He saw him fight at the Armory. He's like, "Hey, this guy Trayvon Marshall is really good." Um and I've seen him fight a few times since then, and like he looked very good on the on the prelims. You know, I wonder, um, Fred. If, you, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just gonna ask if you if you if you watched it on the YouTube or just caught the like the, the replays and stuff. Uh no, I didn't see the undercards. The the YouTube prelims. Yeah, I missed those. I missed the prelims. No, um, I, I got to catch up with some of these stuff. I, I wondered. If they're just jamming some of these guys in because, you know, they got such a backlog because of uh, the Crawford situation, you know. And uh, so if they're sort of maybe stepping some of these guys up to get eyeballs on them, you know. That's actually a good theory. Um, Maybe it, it could be that they realize that this is a better allocation of these slots on the cards. Um, it, when you can, you know, you can pay for three name fighters in each card. And like, you know, you had Figueroa and Max Isle in the main event. You had Jarrett Hurd, who's a name fighter in the co-main. Vidal doesn't really have a name, even though he's fought on Showtime before. And Elijah Garcia is a prospect who is ready to make that step. Or, I mean, I wouldn't have guessed before the fight, but they thought he was ready to make that step. It's probably better to put that dude uh, in that position versus like i don't know vincent ashalabio's next fight you know i think that's probably a um that, that was such a weird uh pull for me but whatever um <laughs> it's better to put him in that position because you set up the future uh you know you do clear the backlog a little but i, I also think it's like the dude's ready and at 19 years old He's also basically leapfrogged every, I would say, under 20-year-old fighter in the sport. You know, Vito, uh, who's the other young kids out there? He's basically leapfrogged all of them. Vidal is the best win that any of them has had. And the the way he he got that win, too, was very impressive. Yeah. But Trayvon Marshall, like, I I just want to say that he also looks very good. What I liked about him is that Deloach came in, and I think... Well, I think this was the right game plan, but he basically was like, look, I, I, I know how to fight and I'm going to push this guy like to fight like a pro, you know, who's got a lot more experience. And like the Marshall saw a lot of punches come at him and like never freaked out, stood calm and just started countering. And, uh, you know, Deloach, he was able to just walk Deloach into something, which, you know, 
that to me was very impressive from uh, Trayvon Marshall, especially when I saw people on people on Twitter thinking that Deloach was going to come in here and win this fight. <laughs> Subliminal shots. I like it. Uh, yeah. Don't get knocked out by Julius and Dongo and then <laughs> think you know anything about boxing. Uh, oh, boy. <clears throat> anyway. Um, Let yeah, me, uh, I agree with you real quick. I just want to get it in on Trayvon Marshall. I want to give it up. He's dope. Yo, he is really mean temperament, man. Like, I've, I, you know, I like watching the YouTube prelims. So I've seen him a couple times also. And he always looked good. But you don't really get to see a fighter's temperament until someone's really, like, pushing them. And Deloach, what were they calling him? Like, Deloach, like, Loke or something like that? Doc. That's actually his Deloach name. Deloach Doc. What, Doc? Like, like yeah, on the, the on, I, on the on the, um, uh, the bout sheet, his name is actually listed. Justin Deloach Doc. Okay. Harvey so Doc, Deloach right Doc. Uh, adopted him. <laughs> he was coming out really trying to, like, put it, put it on Trayvon, but... Man, he he really like, yo. He just looked like a mean bastard in there for for like a young kid. You know what I mean? Like he was going to the body, cool counters, cool ring presence. Like I, he has a good future. You know, got to keep working. Don't eat a million pounds of barbecue like Jared Heard. And he'll be all right. <laughs> well, I mean, that was an unnecessary shot. He already yeah. lost a damn Come fight. On, what the hell, man? man? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, listen, I, listen, I was on the her hype train, but come on, man. Too much barbecue. That's all I'm saying. Uh, that, that, too many ribs. Know, it seems like you're just being mean at this point. Uh, Trayvon yeah, Marshall. Jared Hurd would agree with me. Jared Hurd knows he ate a lot of ribs. So, okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that was the card last night. Uh, we got Tony Harrison going down to Australia to face Tim Zhu this week. Which should be fantastic. Um, let me let me just take the temperature here. Tim Zoo's gonna stop Tony Harrison, right? I don't have a take, to be honest. Fred, how impressed are you I, with, with? I think there's a uh, well, yeah, it could happen. Yeah, it's a good chance. How impressed were you with uh, Tim Zoo defeating Terrell Gaché? Not very. I was asking Fred. Well, I thought it came back good. I thought he, but he had a hand issue or something. Did he? I think he did. Yeah, because they had the, or maybe that happened during the fight. Because yeah, because that's why uh, the originally the <clears throat> the Charlo fight was delayed a bit because Zoo had to have surgery. Uh, I thought it yeah, was yeah. good. I, I thought it was good because like it looked like yeah he got he came back he got dropped there, and then he came back and uh, took control of the fight. Uh, you don't think that there's a high upset alert that Tony Harrison could outbox Tim Zhu? Well, which... th- this is what you get. You know, if Harrison can sort of try to stay away from and box him, yeah. But that's what you're going to get. Can Zhu walk him down? Can he cut him off the ring? And I think Zhu might be able to. Yeah, I I think, that, you know, there's been a lot of fights this year that have been made that I think... In hindsight, the the outcomes will look very, very, or have all looked really obvious. I think it was obvious that um, Matias was just going to break down Ponce. I think it was really obvious that uh, Figueroa was just going to outwork Max Isle and Max Isle's gas tank wasn't going to be enough. Um, I'm trying to think of any other fights that looked obvious. 
Well, I guess this is going to be another one where, like, it's really obvious the way each guy wins. You know, if Zoo's going to win, it's going to be basically Tony Harrison doing what he's done in, in uh, all but the Charlo loss, which is, like, builds out a lead, looks good, and then gets stopped because he starts to run out of gas. And then for Zoo, it's basically, yeah, that guy, you know, had never been able to or never fought somebody like Tony Harrison who can box. And Harrison was able to control him with the jab and not let him, you know, and he followed Tony Harrison around the ring for 12 rounds, and that was that. Uh, I feel like this is one of those where, you know, as as close as it looks, I I think that the outcome, everyone's going to think that the outcome was super obvious uh, on, you know, after the fight. Just looking up the betting odds here. The odds are... Zoo's minus two seventy five, so that's that's pretty like they're they're pretty confident that Zoo's going to win this fight, at least betting wise. Well, yeah, I guess by now it'd be the hometown crowd's going to be piling on heavy on that one. <clears throat> uh, yeah, go for it. I mean, this this may just end up being a close fight. Sometimes that can happen where it's like like Manny Pacquiao versus Marquez. You know, they could fight ten times, and ten times you get like a close fight. And that's why, like, I don't really have a take. I'm just um, it's one of those rare times where I'm excited about a fight and no matter who wins, like I, I look forward to what's next. You know, like if Tony wins, like Charlo Harrison three will be amazing. But if zoo wins, it'll be a different kind of amazing. Cause you know, like all the writers are saying like PBC guys were scared of zoo. And so finally zoo will get a shot at like one of the top PBC guys. So I'm, I'm about it either way. Yeah, but that's a dumb take because they specifically brought Zoo in to fight Charlo. Of, of course it's a dumb take, but like they, they were doubling down on it. Oh, go, go to Australia, you'll make a trillion dollars there. And then as soon as Zoo <laughs> oh, signed yeah, with yeah, sure. as soon as Zoo signed with PBC, it was just like, all right, we're on to the next guy. <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, that's on true, to the next I guess, guy that yeah. PBC guys are scared of. Oh well, the, the next thing they moved on to was like, well, if Terrence Crawford moved up, and it's like, well, Terrence Crawford uh, can't even make fights at his own division, let alone another. Uh, but but yeah, I, I this is one of those fights where it's like classic style clash. Um, both guys, it looks pretty obvious the way that they they would be beaten. And um, shout out to them for making the decision to air this in prime time in the U.S., even though it's happening in Australia. Uh, that is uh obviously oh god that's yeah that's a weirdo what 17 hours i think it's different or something. all right so you could do that or we could just google what time is it in australia better not come out with some dumb like there's like different time zones oh there is different time zones. yeah well you said 17 well you, we live in different time zones but yeah. um the current time in australia is 4 47 it's 9.47 for me right now, and the fight's supposed to be at, like, 8 p.m., so it'll probably be, at like, 2 or 3 o'clock. That is pretty weird. It's going to be, like, full sunlight. I don't know if it's an indoor arena or outdoor, but, yeah. Um, nothing interesting on the undercard, but one thing did catch my my, my eye. Unieski Gonzalez making his return to the ring, coming off of... Back-to-back stoppage losses. One to Andre Durrell, one to Zerto Ramirez. Uh, yeah. And any comment you guys want to make on the great Unieski Gonzalez making his return? Who is he fighting? Does it matter? <laughs> yeah. The road to the title starts now. <laughs> He's fighting Sweet Pea. 
I'm not kidding. His, his his opponent is named Paolo Acuso, and his nickname is Sweet Pea. He's a 25-year-old Australian Southpaw, 100% KO ratio. He has KO wins over Michael Nimwigan, Robert Barrage, and David Zagara. No, I mean, that Durrell fight was pretty, like, both guys were clearly washed. But with that with that said, it, it was like a fun Kirkland-Angulo-style fight. Was it Kirkland Angulo? The Battle of the Washed? But whatever, you know what I'm trying to say. A clown fight. There I mean, are several good... Angulo fights that fit that bill, but the one you're thinking of is um, Angulo Quillen. Yes, yes, yes. It, he could end up being in a great clown fight, which I'm always down for. So I'll, uh, I'll hold off on judgment. Hopefully he's entertaining like he was in the Dural fight. <laughs> Sean Gibbons just tweeted uh like 60, I saw that. 62 face palms with a picture of Thomas Taylor's head. <laughs> My god, Sean Gibbons is really funny. He had this like he quote tweeted um I guess we should talk about this. Andy Ruiz had this like uh sort of press I don't know. He's a tweet on his um Instagram basically saying that uh, despite the rumors or whatever, he has parted ways with TGB. And there was a lot of talk that maybe Andy Ruiz would be going off to the Middle East and, uh, you know, becoming part of the sports washing of Saudi Arabia. But he actually says, uh, I look forward to continuing my journey with PBC with Al Heyman as my advisor. And then uh, Sean Gibbons quote tweeted that and wrote, interesting. And then, like, added 64 people. Uh, I was one of them. Fred, I think you were one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always like it when I get added. Makes me feel important. Sean, well, I that. mean, I would just like, I mean, thank you for adding me, but like, what do I add to this conversation here? Oh, you're just getting the word out, you know? Because everyone's like, when they're like, the rumor was that, oh, Andy Ruiz is leaving uh, PBC. But there's no, his contract, he out. He obviously had a contract with TGP. Yeah, and that's over. But he's still in the Al Heyman universe. People um, always get that mixed up so badly. It's like some fighters are signed with promoters. Some guys aren't. Any time that anyone, when they hear like a fighter might be leaving PBC, it's like everyone just gets to this feeding frenzy. This is, this is, see, this, he got tired of the BBC world and all. Don't you guys have something better to do? It's so, how did so? How did you interpret uh, Sean Gibbons's? Uh, what this is like super in the weeds, but like, what did you interpret, uh, or how did you interpret what Sean Gibbons? You know why he quote tweeted that and wrote interesting. Well, I think it's because he was maybe he was hearing the same things that everyone was trying to say that Andrew Weeze was leaving PBC, and it's no, he's just his contract with TGB was up, so he's like interesting. Maybe he's pointing out that hey, everyone's wrong. Uh, I had a little different interpretation. Yeah, well, you're the Sean Gibbons whisperer. <laughs> uh, well, um, I, I just hit him with the tweet uh, and use 82 fire emojis. Uh, <laughs> but I thought that maybe Sean Gibbons has found his way into the Andy Ruiz camp. Oh, okay. I don't know that that's true. It's just kind of my interpretation. Because like, otherwise... 
what would he have to do with that? And why would he find that interesting? Unless he has some sort of vested interest in uh, the situation. And maybe Andy's, you know, brought on Sean Gibbons to start managing his affairs. Maybe that's it. Maybe it could be. Maybe he's signing with uh, Manny Pacquiao promotions. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but that would huh? be pretty. Uh, that'd be pretty funny. Yeah, Manny Pacquiao Pretty promotions drama. bringing in the first their first heavyweight champion when uh, uh, Ruiz beats Usyk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for the record, guys, I don't actually believe that. I don't know. He shocked him once. He shocked Joshua, but yeah. uh, well, I mean, you know, at this point. Wow, we'll, we'll talk about Anthony Joshua when he fights Jermaine Franklin coming up. Which, by the way, I, th- I think I pointed this out on the podcast last week. I just want to mention again that um, you know th- a lot of was being made. I saw a lot of stuff popping up on Twitter this week about Joshua's ticket sales, and I made the case last week that like you know you go to Saudi, uh, you really are shooting yourself. Um, I guess you. Maybe there's like a turn of phrase. I might say it wrong, but you're like you're borrowing against your future by going to Saudi Arabia, and like it's starting to show. Like Joshua is really not moving tickets. Um, Fred, you are the self-proclaimed ticket master <laughs> of, of of the boxing. Um, well, community. I'm only good for Vegas now because now that Vegas doesn't release it unless the UFC tells you. So, uh, yeah, it, but, he obviously, yeah. It, it obviously hurt him a lot, you know, and he took his road show, you know, the UK crowd sort of been supporting him for so long. And then he's like, ah, screw this, I'm going to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> and then he loses. So it's like, uh, yeah, it's not the best thing to do. And then, you know, Fury in the meantime, Fury sort of stepped in again. And that's the problem when you go to the zone, even though I think that uh, that fight was on Sky. Yeah, because the uh, Saudis bought all the rights. Mm-hmm. It's still, yeah, you know, you're going to get this. And also, Eddie Hearn, he can't pre-sell all the tickets to StubHub at the O2, you know, because they have that uh, third-party seller ban on. So that also hurts it. So, yeah. You know, I don't know. Eddie's his magic is slipping a bit. Well... I mean, look, they are bringing him in to fight an opponent coming off of a loss, although I think Franklin had a legitimate argument to beat Dillian White. Wait, was it a loss or a draw? I think it was a loss. My memory is not as good as it used to be. Used to be that I I remember all these details. It it was a loss. Majority decision. Yeah, majority decision. Uh, Dude, come on. The the even card was 115-115. How many even rounds do you have to score to get to 115-115? Two, I guess. Um, But yeah, I I don't know. But it just kind of speaks to like there are major risks when you do things like uh, going to Saudi and you you definitely don't do yourself any favors when you also lose fights. So um, so yeah, I don't even know why I got on this subject. Oh, the Ruiz. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I'm... Curious what's going to happen with Ruiz going forward. Um, and if we should see Sean Gibbons in his corner. And if Andy Ruiz was on the the losing end of a fight in which refereeing was important. Can't wait to see the Gibbons reaction to that as well. 
all right. So I think we could wrap it up right there. We're coming up on our time here. Um, any final words for you guys? Anything you're looking for? Anything people should be having their ear to the ground on with boxing this week? Tank press conference. Ooh, that's a good pick. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try to get out there. But I hate when they do press conferences dur- like during the day. But they're crunched for time, I think, to get it in and get people. Can we get a primetime press conference? Like, give me that at like 6 p.m. It probably makes no sense, but like, whatever. Um, but yeah, the, the Tank press con- Tank Ryan press conference, I, th- I think, is Wednesday, Thursday? Probably. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the official. Yeah, I haven't either. Probably not going to be uh, Mayweather-McGregor levels, but should still be really interesting. I think the thing that most people are probably going to talk, like this will be the talking point, assuming no one slaps each other, is getting to see the size difference for the first time. Yeah. Uh, well, Tanks is a short dude. Tank is really small. Um so much so that when I photoshopped that picture of like Barrios to be like extremely large, I actually started to believe that that was real. Uh, Lex, anything you're looking for this week? Uh, I mean, Tank and Ryan press conference would be dope. Um, I actually wanted to mention and ask, did you like record the fight? Do you do that or no? Record it? What do you mean? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like a, With my phone? Like a VOD. No, man, like at home on Showtime. Oh, no, you have any no. Mechanism? I don't have cable. So like I use the Showtime app. So like they don't let you record like that. So, so on the broadcast, they showed a, a really nice little like sizzle reel of all their upcoming fights. Oh, yeah. And then yeah, at yeah. the end of it, uh, did you see that on Twitter or no? I saw it on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. They showed uh, Keith, Arrow, the Charlo brothers, Danny Garcia and David Morrell. So those are like the final like key guys that that are to be announced. And so, you know, I, I I like the schedule, but I do look forward to seeing what we get next out of those whatever five or six guys. I get that those are the biggest stars, but I would have liked to have seen Isaac Cruz included in that. I feel like Isaac's a guy that you just I, I think whether it's true or not, you gotta position him like he is a big deal. Because I think he does have potential to be a big deal in the sport. Uh, And you got to ride that wave of what all the goodwill he got by being competitive with Tank. Uh, But yeah, I'm not going to guess. We'll we'll say that for another podcast where we guess who's fighting or who each of these guys are fighting. Well, I don't know. It's that's probably going to be later in the year because Espinosa said that they don't have unannounced fights on that schedule time. I saw him say that on Twitter. Um, Speaking of Fred, you, you, you dropped something that a few people in the chat were either copy or pasting or having a lot of questions about. Do you want to speak more on that? Or are you just going to let that lay where it is? What about the, you know, being racist or what? <laughs> what? <laughs> that's that's like way too inside of a joke to be saying. <laughs> I know. How's it going? Oh, uh, the Spence Crawford stuff. Yes. No, I was just making fun of that because Errol had that whole spin the block gif. 
Oh, the, I, I see. I was even thinking of that. That. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That that yeah. That was obviously an interpretation of the tweet that Errol made. I don't. I still do not think anything is uh until I'm told otherwise. I I think there's no movement on that. You mean even though Coppinger says that he has confirmation of a memorandum of understanding? Uh, what is that like a text message that just says "got it"? Uh, I think he said it. On, he also uh, said Max's that, show. He yeah, I know. I saw I saw the clip, and he also said that it was sent to the promoters and networks, which like neither fighter is tied to either of those things. So what the <laughs> fuck did he mean? The dude <laughs> has legitimate brain worms. Or he's then, just being used as, as like PR for like, you know, nefarious reasons by someone who has some oh, anyone, interest. Or, anyone or, could get yeah. caught the tap dance. That, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. He's 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 like oh, like a half a tweet away from being Rick Glazer. Um you could probably feed that dude any story you wanted. I have legitimately seen a screenshot of somebody tweeting, like sent, sending him a message saying like, hey, I heard that this is going to happen. And it, like within an hour, there was like an actual sources tweet of like, this thing is happening. Which was like, <laughs> I don't even think that thing wound up happening. But I mean, that's that's the unseriousness of the people who cover this sport for a living. That's true. I'm not that hung up on Spence versus Crawford. Either happens or it doesn't. I mean, how is how is everyone not at that point? Uh, it, people saw they have hope. But you're hoping other things. Like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, a league? <laughs> I was just about to say, if we had a league, Crawford wouldn't be able to get away with what he's gotten away with up to this point. But it's all good. I, I mean, you sound like an NFL owner at this point. Yeah. Jeez. Lex hates the free will of boxing. I hate stupidity. He wants them and all has- wearing uniforms and traded. I want them salary caps. The, I, I want them fighting for the PBC belt. I won't be happy until it happens. Uh, if you could make a boxing name, but you can't use anything that exists right now, what would you call your league? My league, what would I call my league? Yeah, Und- undisputed. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that is the dumbest name because that was the, dumb, the, the, by the way. if you had if you had a boxing league, the entire term and gimmick of undisputed would no longer be a thing because there'd be nothing <laughs> to dispute. Like if you got the title, you got the title, unless you are the dumb person. Like in the nine million universes that exist or infinite maybe and in in those universes where boxing leagues exist you'd be the only one where multiple titles exist in a division so that you can have undisputed to retain your stupid name uh i would call it the DraftKings presents boxing league oh, so you're already selling sponsorship <laughs> hell yeah with showtime plus yeah, with showtime plus <laughs> I I'm I'm ready I'm ready to join corporate America with ideas like that. Um, now I just need to find some uh, investors in Silicon Valley. I was actually talking. This is like 
totally like if you want to stop listening to the podcast at this point you're more than welcome but i was talking to somebody who's a big boxing fan and also happens to be like down with silicon valley and stuff like that and he was telling me like there is no way that you can't like you you cannot get money by pitching some idea to some of these people here like you can totally like boxing is the perfect thing that's niche enough that somebody's gonna think that you it's worth paying money to like create some like game or system or something like that so you know i'm just saying guys i may be uh experiencing a huge influx of money due to some idea that i've stolen <laughs> from lex like a league <laughs> <laughs> you could be the next triller <laughs> the triller fight club is is not a bad name but anyway actually uh no i'm just gonna end it here because this is gonna turn into a four-hour conversation about names so thanks for listening guys we'll be back next week